Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Podcast PFL, where we discuss and share ideas about the Patterson Foosball League. I'm your host, Sutton Baker, very lucky to be joined here today by one of the league's best goalies and also my mother. Hello, Tracy. Hey there. So, yeah, I'm excited to finally be on here. I know we've discussed this for a little while and our schedules haven't really allowed for it. Um, So I am looking forward to the conversation and being a part of the second ever podcast episode. We are very happy to have you. In this episode, we are going to have two segments. The first one dives into the origins of the Foosball League through your eyes, and the second segment is where we will be discussing the upcoming tournament. Okay, so mom, we have seen the league, the start of the league through my perspective and through Soren's perspective, but you are are not someone who really created the league. You are just a player who, who wasn't even there for the first tournament or the second tournament you've kind of joined later on so what has the tournament meant to you let's see it through your eyes your perspective I think one of the things that is um, certainly the most significant for me has been the way that this um, this game foosball has become so significant to not only our family but friends So my parents' basement, your grandparents, um, had this foosball table there. They've had ping pong table down there for years when I was growing up because it was also my grandparents' home. There was a pool table. I remember a few times as a child playing pool. There was a lot of ping pong that was played over the years. I was never any good. So the foosball table was down there and not something, a game that I'd really ever played, um, even, you know, as an adult. And so when you kind of had this idea to start playing, Um, I thought it was great even at that time like that you were wanting to play that you were involving others I knew that your grandpa would catch on quickly and then also be really into it Um, First of all, it's their home and that kind of thing is meaningful, but also um, he's very competitive And so I think it was it was always great from the very beginning that you were doing it um, That it was something that I knew my kids were doing with my my parents Um, and then involving cousins, but to see over the last two years um, what it has done for family relationships, people who might not otherwise engage that often, um, even cousins, aunts and uncles, um, sometimes it's just a a gathering of your cousins, my sister, our two families, and then we have extended family members. Um, You have involved family members who might not otherwise even engage with you, um, who haven't even been really comfortable in a group setting. And one of the things that I love, Sutton, that you've done is encourage others to join, um, actually helping them practice. And I think that has been a really beautiful thing. You got really into uh, making certificates, which is really fun. You uh, put time into creating those, but then the way that you present them and we record them, um, the way that the crowd down in the basement has grown over the last two years. Um, we, my sister who uh, did not play in the last tournament and who later um, made it clear that she felt left out. Um, Mark, your uncle, who uh, is as an athlete, but not really interested in foosball until like what the last, was it the last tournament? Yes. And so excited trying to strategize with your grandpa and you know, the way that people clap for one another, they get like their heart rates um, increase. And then also um, the way that we then brought that into our home. I know it was, was that a 
a year ago Christmas or in the winter yes. when I found the foosball table for us? It was December of 2019 when we first got the table at our house. Okay, so I had um, gotten on Marketplace, which is just an online um, place to, to resale. And I saw that a family who lives about 40 minutes from here was selling their foosball table. And I actually even researched um, good brands. I didn't want to buy you, you know, a cheap version to have here. And so I remember bringing it home and being so incredibly excited to put it together and to show you. And so that over time, um, and it broke up the tournaments into two, you know, two locations. So now we have tournaments down here. We involve family, but then several friends. And um, sometimes that's a planned thing. Sometimes it ends up that we have people over and like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we can do um, five teams. So let's go ahead and have a tournament. And um, yeah, it's just. It's something that sometimes it's actually hard to put into words at times how significant something like this is. It's like I want to share this with other family members, like the way that it can bring people together over the game of foosball. And um, I know we're going to talk about this a little more, but now I'm very involved, very competitive. Your grandpa did instill that in me. So now that I am an active player, though not one of the best, um, I find that I take it very seriously. I get really excited for those tournaments. And an interesting thing is while we make this very competitive, it's less of, like you were saying, it's less about the actual game of foosball and more of just a way to bring everyone together. Before this, you never had every family member participating in one event. You had a handful who would play wiffle ball. You had a handful who would talk in the living room. Mm -hmm. But here, we have every single family member grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all playing in the same tournaments, in the same games. And like you mentioned with our house, we have all, all friends, my friends, uh, Soren's friends, your friends even, mm -hmm. family friends who are all in these tournaments. All Some of them who've never even played before. Yes, most people, most people haven't even heard of foosball. <laughs> And they get they join our leagues. They think, oh, what is this? But once they realize how serious we are, they kind of realize, oh, this is fun. And you've gotten and, a great aunt, um, mm -hmm. you know, your grandma's aunt sister, Bobby aunt has Bobby, played. who plays. And I think too, even for some people who might not even actually make their way down to our basement or grandma and grandpa's basement, you know, they ask about it. Some people do watch who don't play. So it's even mm -hmm. those who don't feel like you know maybe they have a physical limitation or they don't want to play, but they still want to know. They still, um, they, they look at the certificates that you've made, the pictures. So one of the other things that you've done is, you know, the posters that you make that are currently your grandparents' house. And I think it all, yeah, it's really this sense of belonging where people feel like, you know, like they're important. Like, Hey, I'm on the, I'm on the wall. I made the poster. Um, that being said, I'm not yet on one of those pictures, but uh, I think it's, yeah, it's just really great. People feel like they belong. And I think one of the best examples from more recently, and I was not there, is Tyler, my cousin's son, who has not spent a lot of time around the family, who mm -hmm. has had, um, you know, some social anxiety and some challenges throughout his life. And I don't know that on his own, had you not encouraged him, as it was reported to me, that he would have played. And yet because of how inclusive you and your grandpa are and the way that you made him feel, he now has that memory, that experience tied to their house. Mm -hmm. So it's like even a, even a young adult like that 
hey, I heard that, you know, Uncle Bill, they're going to be having another foosball tournament, then that most likely will encourage him to come back to a place, to that environment where he does feel like he belongs. And I think that's really, really significant. Tyler's, yes, the perfect example. When he arrived, when he got to their house on 4th of July, he was really quiet. You can tell that he didn't really want to talk to anyone because he didn't know anyone. But by the end of the day, he gave us all big hugs when he left. He was already talking about coming back next year. Um, and played pretty well, right? Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> did fantastic. Did not really well. Previous skills. Um, and I think that's not just with him, but with anyone. M- myself, I was never good at wiffle ball when we used to play. I was always falling behind. And with with any other sport that I've played, I like spending time with those people. But I always know that I'm, you know, at the bottom of the skill level there. But with foosball. It really is a game that anyone can play. I mean, I'm not athletic, and I play. And then Grandpa plays, and he can't move around as well. But in foosball, it doesn't matter. And I think, I mean, I will say that I think something that is advantageous for you is your eye-hand coordination. Um, and also, I think that it's, um, you know, the fact that this was, was your, you know, your dream, your, your um, you know, creative idea to bring these tournaments about. And, you know... <laughs> there's definitely a sense of like, do we really want Sutton on our team? Because you, you know, you have a lot of wins, but mm-hmm. you have taken the time. I mean, you read books on foosball, you watch videos. And so it is something that you've become really passionate about. And obviously like it is a, you know, there is such a thing as professional foosball. Um, so, but I think that's actually um, kind of endearing that, you know, sometimes people yes. are like, ah, Sutton, we don't want him to win because they do know that this is something that you're really skilled in because you actually have taken the time. And I, and I do truly think that some of that eye-hand coordination is a, is a benefit to you. Yes. Now that we've heard your point of view, your opinions of the league, we're going to dive into you as a player. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you've played in nine total tournaments, which compared to me is not many. Um, the first tournament you ever played in was the Winter Bash 2019. That was in December of 2019. We started in July of 2019. So the first two tournaments you didn't play in. Um, and then even throughout 2020, you only played in about half the tournaments. You would show up for one and be gone for the next. I think it isn't until this year that you're really serious about that. So starting off, I'm just going to name all the teammates you've ever had that you've ever played with. Um, Sullivan, Clay, Brian, Vivian, Erica Hoover, Soren, Bennett, and Grandpa. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the first half of all those people I named were were lower half players, players who didn't have wins. Um, so you, you said, oh boy, when I mentioned <laughs> your stats. Um, just kind of go into... Talk about yourself as a player and your skill level and how it's gone from what it was to what it is. So I, um, I def- definitely did not have you know any previous skills. Um, I, unlike you, uh, do not have a lot of natural um, eye-hand coordination abilities. Certainly not something I would ever consider a gift. Um, and so... I don't believe I ever even, at least during a game, attempted to be an offensive player. No, you've played only yeah. defense. So um, I 
was very hit or miss um, in the beginning. Really, it was just um, my naturally my right hand has always been easier. So, um, you know, my left hand is at the goal though. So I feel like strangely, mm-hmm. it feels easier with my right hand, but I, I'm a lot better at blocking with that left hand than clearing with the right hand, which I can talk a little bit more about because that continues to be um, one of the a challenge for me and one of my deficits, though I have, I think, really improved in my skills. So um, in the first few games I played, I feel like it was, yeah, there was no chance. Um, I knew that I wasn't going no. to win. A lot of those balls were getting past me. And um, I think the more I played, the more I started to take it a little more seriously, watching other players, um, focusing a little more, and then just feeling that even just kind of how I felt inside, like I cannot let this ball get past me. And so then when I started to play with some better players, um, I feel like the chances, I mean, the chances were greater. I made it to, you know, I did, I was a runner up with players. And I do think that I could have won. One of the disappointing things is the games that I, was very close to the championship. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we were undefeated like during that tournament. And then that meant that the team who had to play us had to beat us twice. So And they did. <laughs> that happened with, uh, you were with Soren. Yep. And in, during Christmas. And with Bennett. Yes. Um, both really good players. Yes, both really good offensive players. Mm-hmm. You went undefeated until that championship yep. game. Both times. You had to win once. Your opponents had to win twice. Yep. And both times you got beat twice. Um, I don't I don't know if you can explain, but do you know why that may have happened? I mean, I think one of the things, too, and not to, um, you know, place the blame, pass the buck on anyone else, but I do think that when... If you're if I'm playing with a really strong offensive player, but they're not playing their best in a given game, then um, my I think some of the deficits with the ability to clear um, really hurts us. Uh, mm-hmm. Bennett, as a player, when he's on, he's a lot, lot a lot like you. You're just more consistent. Where if he's on, he's just I mean, it's just I'm yes. not even having to do that much work. You know, yeah. it's kind of like it's all him. And but when he's not, and the balls ending up on my side a lot more then I might block it five times in a row, but I just can't clear it. And so then if Mm -hmm. I'm playing someone like Brendan, your cousin, who is an incredible offensive player, he knows, like he knows my, my weakness and he's going to capitalize on that. And he, 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 he watches it. And then it's like, I cannot get past that. So I can block but the inability to consistently clear, I think, is probably the the biggest reason why I haven't been able to get a win. Well, one thing with you that's good is you are you know what you need to work on. You know what your weakness is, and many players have weaknesses, but choose to ignore it and believe that there is no weakness and that it's always their opponents or their teammates' flaw. You know. But you know what you need to work on. So even if you're not where you want to be, you know you know that you have to get better. Well, and I think too, like that's one of the things that I think your grandpa instilled in me instilled in me is to not give up, uh, mm-hmm. to be competitive. And so I know that I have asked you, um, you know, even here at our house to work with me where you're just, you know, play mm-hmm. after play after play where they're coming right at me. And even if I am frustrated, it's like, Try again, try again. And so I, and I think that I've said this to you before, I feel like cognitively, like I can, I can have a conversation with you and know what I need to do, like the technique. Yes. I get the strategy, but it's like my actual motor skills are not there. 
And mm-hmm. so that's that's also a little bit difficult to overcome, um, especially the clearing. I feel like I have, uh, my perception is that my ability to move the ball back and forth is improving, but then I can't get it out of there. I can't get it past the offensive player, uh, past that line. I mean, is that, do you think that's pretty accurate? Um, yes, for you. But but even even with you, we, we've talked about what you need to work on. I want to focus on what you're good at. And that's, I know this is sounds kind of obvious, but it's really just your blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Nolan, he is a fantastic defensive player. Just this year, he went from being, you know, Nolan, you know, he's not good, to now at the top of our league's players. Um, and he is one of the best players at scoring from defense. Um, he is incredible at that. But if you look at his actual defense versus your defense, you have twice as good defense as he does. You know, I think I'm really um, good at blocking. Honestly, I think that if the ball, if I'm playing with an offensive player and it's down um, by my goal a lot, I think, and I've heard others, you know, make verbal statements about that. Like I can block play after play after mm-hmm. play. So I think I'm quick that way. But when, and honestly, if I'm playing, I mean, when I've played with you, not in tournaments, but when we've played games, most of the time I win, you're a really strong offensive player. But when I'm not, you know, if I'm playing with someone who's not as strong offensively, um, then, and the other opponent is, I mean, I, if I'm playing with a weaker team, I'm, I, I can win. Like I'm a good enough of a defensive player to win if that offensive player on the other team cannot get, you know, if, yes. they, if they can't see that, if they're not good enough to see my weakness, then I think I can. But obviously if we're talking about making it to a championship, most likely the players on the opposing team are really good, both defense and offense. I think one of the other things too, that's been disadvantageous to me is that I have not participated even, I mean, we don't play 1v1 in tournaments, but practice. Like I don't, I've never played 1v1 where many of you who are really good, you have. And so I think Mm -hmm. the inability to be um, somewhat strong on both offense and defense, you know, is a detriment. I don't know that I would ever see myself as an offensive player. I do like practicing now and then just to, you know, to get some experience. So I think that for me, over the next, let's say, 12 months, I'm going to have to continue to practice outside of tournament time on clearing. Honestly, I think that's probably mm-hmm. the, the thing that I need to do most. I think I, um, I think I have the ability to perceive to some degree where the ball is going to go. I have made some shots from, you have, you know, yes. from the goal. And um, yeah, I mean, I truly think that if I can improve the clearing that I will be one of the, the top contenders. One of like the to top. The difference between you and Nolan, and the reason why I compare you is because both of you guys in the first two years didn't really do much in terms of stats, but this year, all of a sudden, you two have gone from being, you know, maybe at the bottom of our players to some of the best goalies. The only difference between you and Nolan is he really got an even split between offense and defense. He has good defense and he has good offense. But with you, you got all defense, which while that is good, and I do think your actual blocking is better than most players, your offense is is lower than most players. Yep. Sure. Um, so you already have better defense than most players. So if you can get that offense even just average, then you're going to have average offense. And like I said, you already have above average defense. So... I love the fact that you know what you need to work on 
And I think by the end of this year, I, I'm sure you'll have a win. And I'm very excited to see. It's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you're a good player. And I, I think you have the determination and you want it more than any other player, I think. You always talk about how much you want to win. So That is true. I think with that determination mixed with the actual skill that you have, you will get a win before the end of the year. Time for the final segment where we discuss the upcoming James Dean Rumble. Um, little background information on the James Dean Rumble. We have had two so far. We are about to have the third one. Um, in the 2019 James Dean Rumble, Brendan and Grandpa got their first win. And in 2020, Soren and Macy got the W over me and Raimi. Now we are going to be discussing um, possible teammates that I would like and that you would like. So, Mom, who I know you've played with some really good offensive players already, um, Bennett and Soren. But there are still so many options out there, so many great players. Um, and obviously, you didn't win with Bennett. You didn't win, win with Soren. So maybe it's it's better that you choose another player. So who would be your number one, or I guess top three choices for offensive players for this next tournament? Well, I think one of the things that I would consider would definitely be um, some sense of rapport with that person, some sense of team chemistry. Mm -hmm. And your sister, Savannah, um, is an example of that because when we were playing a few weeks ago, I believe it was, yes. not in a tournament, but when um, all four of you siblings were here together, I feel like we did very well together. Yes, you really did. Um, a lot of energy. And I think that there is a great possibility that we could win together. I think with Savannah, when she is engaged um, and ready to win, I mm -hmm. think that's when she's going to put forth, obviously, her best effort. I think um, it's possible that there might be less consistency there if, um, if the energy isn't there. But I think if we were on a team together, we would that would be established from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We would consider ourselves a power team. Um, for me, obviously, you would be the number one pick because yes. when we've played practice games and I'm with you, I think us together, we, I do feel like we could probably beat um, anyone as long as Brendan wasn't That's on the, the opposite thing. team. You're always going to have Brendan. I um, know. Who would uh, probably be at the top, who would be, you know, most likely making it to a championship. But mm -hmm. I think with you, you're definitely the most consistent player, the most dependable player. Uh, you would be my first pick. I think Savannah and I could definitely win together. And then um, with Brendan, I think the only thing that wouldn't be there is, is just that chemistry because I haven't played with him. I will say that for Brendan, being my nephew um, and fairly quiet, I would I don't think that we've ever bonded a lot over the years. I know he's really close to you, and to Sullivan, and even to Soren, and you have spent a lot of time together. But I also feel like the tournament where I ended up losing with Bennett, um, the feedback and conversations I had with both Brendan and Nolan were probably some of the more um, engaged conversations I've had with them where they were like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're actually really good. And so I think Brendan is just, you know, he's a pretty stoic person. Um, and I don't know how he would react to, you know, me being on his team. I know that with some players, like you mentioned before, um, they're more likely to look to their teammate for the failure 
as opposed to maybe how both people contributed. And so mm-hmm. I would be a little less likely to want to choose somebody who might um, communicate that way post, you know, loss I'll, if that were the case. And I'll <laughs> let you know now, Brendan is not that kind of person. He is going to, you know, blame himself or blame both of you as mm-hmm. a team if you lose. Um, one thing I do, I like how you you didn't look at first, you didn't look towards skill. You look towards team chemistry, and a lot of players don't realize just how important team chemistry is. Um, There have been many times where the better team, the team that should have won, doesn't necessarily win. Um, An example of this, in the 2020 Foosball Firework, it was Raimi and Trace versus me and Bennett. Statistically, I am better than Trace. Statistically, Bennett is better than Raimi. Um, But... Ramey and Trace beat us because of how strong their team chemistry was. So I love how, while you did mention that you would like to play with Brendan, your first two options are those that you're closer to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think when you can bond, kind of bond with your teammate, it it makes you play better. Um, And I, and I'm, I mean, I'm very excited. I, I would like to think that before the end of 2021, um, I would earn a place on that poster. Um, but either way, I'm looking forward to it. And I guess I have some work to do between now and the end of September. So I'm probably going to be relying on you to practice. Yes. And that's one thing that I'm urging all our listeners to do is practice, practice, practice. Um, it, it really does help. And I'm really glad that you're so excited kind of to practice and that you want to practice. So that's been a wrap on this episode of Podcast PFL. Thank you, Mom, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for um, having me. This was a great conversation. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listen to the next episode. Thank you.